You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Good afternoon, everyone. Two minutes past 12. Welcome to the show. Kimbo and The Rooch with you for the next two hours. It's an early start today due to our coverage of the second test between Australia and India in Delhi. That will be huge. We are crossing there live from 2pm. Looking forward to that. Let's welcome The Rooch. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, Rooch, Rooch. It's an early start. Uh, high noon. It's taking me, back, taking me back to my bed wedding days. I've got up early. Oh, no, we don't need more of that. we got enough of that during your mother's funeral. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yes, I did bring it's it up. It's 22.9, Kim. Now, did you notice it when you left the studio last night when it was 39? Uh, or are you still in denial about that? Oh, I'm in denial. I, I think the bureau got it wrong. I didn't. Oh, find, no, they didn't. I, I, I didn't it find it that hot whoa. yesterday. Wow! Something must be happening to me, Roach. Mm. Um, I'll tell you could, one thing: we need to get into. Yes. We should go into building sporting stadia. Have you seen how much money they're going to splash over in Brisbane for the uh, for the Olympic Games in 2032? Well, I knew about it. Seven I watched, billion. Yeah, I watched the reports today. It's so, huge. At what sort of miracle in terms of engineering and public use of money is Adelaide Oval when they spent five hundred million there for mm. well, that's a great arena, Adelaide Oval. And that uh, it is, and that precinct could be enhanced, Rooch. We don't want to upset the Greenies. Oh, I just mean yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, along the riverbank there. Two Lots of opportunities. Seven billion for the Gabba. Only money, Roach. Build it and they will come. Well, for the Olympics, they'll come. No doubt about that. Hey, uh, Robert Craddock doesn't get it wrong too often. No. The team hasn't been announced for the Australia-India test. This is huge. Are we that bad? Of course we are not. Are we, Roach? Well, <laughs> what happens now is everyone looks at Australia to see if they're a team that plays extremely well and dominates at home but then struggles on the road. Now, test cricket generally is a challenge when you are on the road, but... You can't lose test matches in two days and be horrible as they were in the first test. It's got to be a a correction, a big one in this second test. I, th- I think they'll dig in. Uh, by all reports, David Warner will play. Uh, Travis yep. Head is likely to come in and replace Matt Renshaw. We can't tell you much more Which than that. Which in the end means the second test side will be the team they should have had in the first test. Yes, yes. Well, unless you listen to Alan Border, who wants to drop Todd Murphy after a seven-wicket debut. But we'll be crossing live to Delhi at 1 o'clock to have mm-hmm. a chat to Adam Collins, who is part of the SEN call team over there, along with Jared Waitley and a cast of thousands, Bharat Sundarasan. Uh, it's a wonderful coverage. You can hear it all day on SEN. That's why we're on early. Uh, at 12.30 today, Roach, we'll have a chat to Daniel Drew. He's found some form for the Redbacks. They take on Victoria on Monday. We're sitting in what position? Third. All thanks to his double century against mm. WA. Looking forward to chatting to him. Mm. On Sunday, Adelaide United uh, take on the Western Sydney Wanderers at Hindmarsh at 2.30. The weather will be beautiful. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk about the A-League 
furthering its uh, footprint, team in Tasmania, plus the thought of first and second divisions. Just how much do we need that promotion relegation, which gives more chances to more teams to develop? It would be good to see more that, than one team sorry, in the I uh, keep thinking. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was a question or if that was a statement. No, I'm wondering. What do you think? Well, it's a competition that struggled consistently, isn't it? As it's, much it's as had we some like challenges, it, it's, yeah. yeah. It's it, had some it, challenges. It's had a lot of ups it's, and downs along It's got some strengths, but it's got some so. major weaknesses. Does it need the vibrancy of a promotion relegation system like you get in so many other soccer competitions around the world? Well, culturally, that seems to be accepted, doesn't it? Yeah. So people Absolutely. can have their say on that, Rich. We're live and interactive, and there's people out there far more qualified than me to answer Hello, that. Simon Hill. 0427-154-166. That's the text line. Uh, if you want to have a chat, and we'd love to have a chin wag today. All right, saves me talking to the Rooch. one 736 736 Not that I don't like you, Rooch. I love you. Thank you. Because you're giving me your mountains in Italy. Plus um, the goats. So we're also going to chat to someone uh, from the Norwood Football Club in their Sample W program. Starts tonight, doesn't it? 7.30. Conditions would be beautiful. It's yes. free to get in. Mm. Pop down there. All right, before we get into a few other things, Roach, uh, let's go around the grounds. A little bit of news from Essendon this morning. Big news there. In a time when they have a new CEO, new president, new coach in Brad Scott, well, why don't they keep cleaning out the place, so to speak? Dyson Apple said, I don't want to be captain anymore. I'm standing down. So everything's new at Essendon. You don't think there was any internal nudge, nudge. pressure? Oh, maybe. Been on the agenda. It has for a been while. for some time. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, who are you thinking, McGrath or Merritt? Uh, I think I prefer McGrath. I like his attitude at Essendon, but but that's only for externally. I mean, yeah. Well, we know captains now. Of remember the old days where it was just the best player was the captain, right? That's that's not what AFL footy is all about now, is it? It's so much about what happens Monday to Friday, what sort of leadership they set, what how they present themselves exactly. So the old days are where we just look at him on the footy field and say, he's the best player, he should be captain, because he's setting the example. That's mm. not what it's about anymore, is it? Do you ever it? have a bad captain at port? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. A bad captain at port? Wouldn't have thought so, from the times that we've lived through. It's a little awkward, isn't it? Can you name a bad captain? Well, there have been bad captains in the history of the game, haven't there? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. So if you look at Port's AFL captains, well, Gavin Wanganeen was always going to be captain first up, wasn't he, when he came from Essendon. But even he admits he struggled with it because he wasn't shy. a man of words. Yeah. So he was the classic best player they've got, lead by example. Mm. And yet when you look at it, you shouldn't underestimate what Braden Lyle was doing in his leadership group. He, he was a great vice captain. Because of yet he but wasn't not the greatest player, was he? And that's no, what we say that and not, not right? the greatest salesman for the club as well. Because Wanganeen's got an enormous profile. Mm. Matthew Primus, an enormous captain. Yep. Saddest story ever that he's not there lifting that Premiership Cup in two thousand and four because of that knee injury. See the vision coming onto the ground and the tears pouring down his Absolutely. cheeks. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Warren Treadway, an extraordinary player, wasn't he? Mm. Premiership captain, extraordinary player. So he's not a bad captain. Uh, Dom Cassisi, what he carried on his shoulders when that football club was being destroyed off the field, it was a political pawn. That took a lot of resilience. Absolutely, and and probably hurt him as well as because of the strain of all that. It's not just about match day anymore. That's what we're talking about. It's Monday to Friday sort mm. of stuff. 
Which which can impact on the Saturday and Sunday. Absolutely. And, okay, we can debate forever the Tom Jonas, Ollie Wines decision of you know, doing joint captains when it was contrary to everything of the, of the football club's tradition. But you talk to people internally, that Wines, Jonas, yin-yang was working pretty well for them. But now they've gone and that used was external it. pressure. Yeah, and that's now, the members having their say, which you they can't have knock the right Tom Jonas as a captain, can you? He's an old-fashioned captain. There's no question of that. So I think it'll be Zach Merritt, but we'll wait and see on that. A bit of bad news coming out of St Kilda today. Yeah, well they've already got some issues with Max King, haven't they? Whereby they've lost him with the shoulder. Now Tim Membrae's had to have a bit of work done on the knee. He had a training mishap this week, so he's in a race to be ready for round one. If so, if you've got him in your fantasy teams, don't panic. No, he should be all right for round two, round three. Well, hey, should be right, okay? Meanwhile, meanwhile, at St Kilda, they've got Ross Lyon back again. Uh, Roscoe is back, having a bit to say. Uh, You talk about Membre, if there are going to be complications there, because they have problems with Max King as well. This Mm. is what Ross Lyon had to say about the injury to Max King. He's in a marking contest. His arm got pulled and his shoulder popped, so it happened right in front of me. I knew it was bad straight Straight away. Straight away? Straight away. I was like, whoa, this isn't a good sign. Bad juju, right? So now you've got to find a replacement. Yeah. So what is really it? Really good question. Yeah. So what does it look like? Um, we've got a plethora of small forwards. And at Richmond showed if you can compete and bring it to ground, well, we're going to have to manufacture some goals that way. Interesting. We'll stick with St Kilda. I don't have them in the top eight. I know there is the Ross Lyon factor. He's a bit like Neil Curley. He's an impact coach. And he's saying he's changing his approach so we, we, we always remember Ross as, and the reputation is a man who burns people out by being so demanding. Mm. And what was pretty evident from the beginning when you sort of look at what St Kilda looked like as a playing group that he has today to the one he had a decade ago, generational shift, different type of players, it was going to require a different approach from Ross Lyon. And I, I think, think he's, so, because he does not have the it. talent pool that he had Absolutely. back then where he had some superstars. Uh, we've got to go to the phones very shortly, and mm. he's waiting patiently. But let's hear from Ross. He was asked on 7 News last night if they are in contention this year. Are, are you in contention? Oh, geez, that's a big question. I think we all start equal. And if it was about past results, well, none of us would turn up because we'd just hand the cup to Geelong, wouldn't we? Mm. And if you're St Kilda, you don't turn up because we haven't won a cup for 60 years. Anything's possible. So, yeah, we're here to aim to play finals and get as good as we can, as quick as we can. Good answer. Let's go to the phones. Annie, how are you? I'm good, thanks, boys. I had a lovely surprise when I jumped in the car because I've knocked off early. I forgot you were on during... uh, When cricket's on, you're on a bit earlier. So, well, you're not on normal time is what I meant. So I thought I'd just ring and say g'day because I'm heading to Alberton um, this afternoon. So I can't wait for it. It's going to be wonderful to see the boys have a decent hit out amongst themselves. And fingers crossed there's no injury. So mm. I'm very, very excited. So Annie, pre-season is all about seeing what is going to be new, the new hope. Are you going yeah. to Alberton wanting to see one particular player and how they've developed in the past 12 months or particularly the last three, or are you looking for something different in the way in which Port Adelaide goes about its business? What, what's really on your agenda as a fan? Well, I, 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 number one, I love to go and see my boy Pep. Yeah, That's course. number one because he's, yeah. yes, because he's uh, looking 
pretty um, ripped, I reckon. He's got a new contract, um, Annie. <laughs> yes, I know. It was wonderful news. I'm so happy um, for him and Briar and Frankie and the new bub that's coming along. Yeah. So it was wonderful news. And secondly, um, I'm really interested to see how the Hornet goes. Like, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about what he can bring. Um, and listening to TJ the other day, like, the boys have just been so impressed um, with what he's been doing at training. Um, so to me, that suggests that um, he's very happy to be at home and I just reckon he's going to have a blinder. Well, I think he'll have a good year. He'll be part of the midfield rotations. Looking forward to seeing him play and I'm looking forward to seeing Joss Sin mm. as well. Are you going down, Roach? No. I You're not? Oh, I thought down. you could have caught up with Annie and bought her a frothy. Another time. Another time. <laughs> All right, Annie, enjoy tonight. We'll look forward to your views on Monday when we're back on air, which will hopefully be between 12 and 2 again. Otherwise, it means we've been cleaned up in three days. Or we've won in three days. Or we've won in three days. Negatively. All right, we need to go to a break, Rich. It's 12.14. Yes. Just a reminder, coming up, Daniel Drew from the Redbacks at 12.30. Adam Collins, uh, part of the SEN call team over there in Delhi. Hopefully, we'll have some indication of the team. Daniel sent a text saying, Kimbo, just tell us Travis Head is back. I think he will be back. Uh, everyone we're speaking to are saying that he'll be back. We'll be shocked if he's not. Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United joining us at 1.30. This is Kimbo on the Roach. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. Beautiful day outside, 23.4 degrees. A little cooler than yesterday, just a reminder. <laughs> what? A little cooler than yesterday. You were thinking yesterday was like today. Well, I just a felt, little cooler. It just felt like 30, 32 to me yesterday, Rich. Really? I was impervious to the heat. Right. Asbestos Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I could think of better names. <laughs> I was thinking impervious to the heat. Uh, we'll be crossing uh, live to <laughs> Delhi. For our live coverage, SEN's live coverage of the second test. What's Barat we'll wearing? At, uh, oh, he'll have the happy pants on. Right. Yep, and the thongs. He loves it. Yeah. Uh, Adam Collins will join us at 1 o'clock. Hopefully we'll have a stronger indication of what the official team will be. Mm. Hey, we're in the opinion business, Roach, and uh, I like listening to everyone, nearly everyone. Right. Oh, we'll have to get your list of who you won't listen to then eventually. No, well, that's... I can't even name one at the moment. Well, here you are. You there's, don't been, there's, there's been a few. Right. And I probably wouldn't name them, Rich. That okay. would be rude. Right. But, no, it is good because we all see it through a different lens. Yes. And I was interested what Kingy and Cornsey, that is Kane, had to say this morning on their Fireball Fridays. They were talking about Port Adelaide and what is a pass mark this season. Well, Port Adelaide, for me, they've become the Dallas Cowboys. They've got to start winning big games. They win a lot of home and away games. Uh, last year, they, they obviously didn't front up the first five weeks, finished with 10 wins, percentage of 110. They were two wins and nine losses against top eight teams. They're the games they've got to start winning. They, they've lost prelims in the past. They've lost big finals in the past. It, it's time to, to set a game plan that competes against the best. 
because it's pointless beating the also-rans and running aground when the whips are cracking. So that's their big challenge. Are they prepared to play like Geelong and trust their back six to get it done? Or do they continue to kick to the pockets going inside forward 50 and play a safe brand of footy that, that is a false defensive model? Or do they embrace what, what Chris Scott has put to the competition and says, if you want to come and compete with the absolute best, you've got to risk losing by a margin um, on any given day. Pass mark, I'm not worried about whether they make final, win a big final, win a prelim, win, win, win against the best teams. They have to be a top four team minimum. And a pass mark is win, win, a, win a qualifying final and a prelim final. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for them, a pass mark is, is probably making the grand final. I, I, I agree with you. This is, this is fascinating. Like you talk about the opinions of mm. what happens in AFL footy. If you just landed from Mars and welcome to planet Earth, you keep hearing this high expectation on Port Adelaide. Top four, like Matt Randell yep. said. You just heard it then again, Matt. Uh, Matt Randell said it should be top four. We just heard David King and Kane Corns, top four. Then you open up the News Corp papers, and Mick McGuan's now the big you know, analyst. The human fringe. And, and, and look, he does some... Very, very good stuff, Mick mm. McGuan. Some of his stuff during the final series, he was seeing things well ahead of the curveball. So he's got Port's midfield ranked at 10. Now you tell me how any team with the 10th best midfield, according to Mick McGuan, can be then regarded as a top four side. I'm so are you. we overstating what Port Adelaide is too often? I don't think a pass mark is making the grand final. I think it's really harsh. What's a pass mark for Brisbane then? Oh, no, Brisbane. What's the pass mark for Melbourne then? How many sides can play in a grand final? Yeah, but so the I think expectation it's a bit on Brisbane, Brisbane should be real because that is a very, very good squad. I, I get that, but my point being – should be only, delivering more. Roach, my point is mm. only two sides can make the grand exactly. final. So my point and those is, expectations are on about five sides. Yeah, and so my real point here is do people overstate Port Adelaide? Yeah. Is I, it really a top four list? I haven't done my top midfields yet. I looked at the article this morning and I said to you straight away, I think uh, Port Adelaide are definitely ahead of 10, but I'm rating that on potential. Yeah. The, what Connor Rosie showed last year, you have Ollie Wines. I'm expecting Zach Butter to get uh, Butters to get to the level of, of Connor, right? Uh, because he had a lot of niggling injuries. Yeah. We had him on the show all year. Right, well, that's where and Horn Francis goes in there as well. So but a lot he's of a it, second year player. Yeah, I know. That's so a lot of it is one. on potential. But that's also a look at Port. But I have them ahead of Richmond, and he has Richmond at, at, at fifth position for their midfield. Uh, well, is Port? Where's Port with its ruck stop? And we, we admire Scott question, Lice, right? We admire him. But he's had a year out and a shoulder, mm. which is not easy to come back from. That's challenging. And what happens if he doesn't hold up? What did we see last year? Well, Jeremy Finlayson was superb in the way in which he adapted. But well, I think we've got to be realistic about Jeremy Finlayson this year, don't we? He's got uh, a he, fair bit happening elsewhere. And which it's we far more respect, important than Which we football. respect considerably. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's a text that's come through. G'day, Mario. He's on the station 24-7. I love it. Uh, the Port Squad will be running out today to the Elvis Classic. It's now or never. Uh-huh. Oh, I need to sneeze, so that may be a Bless cue to go to a break. We'll Bless do you. that, and we'll come back with a few other texts. And I want to talk about Sydney. Are they under the pump? That's coming up next on Kimbo on the Rooch. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 12.32 here 
the new time due to the second test, which gets underway at around 2 o'clock. We'll be crossing live to Delhi, Australia taking on India. Surely we fight back. We were talking about Port Adelaide and their expectations this year. Number of texts coming through, Rooch. Port over state port, that's the issue. Is there truth in that, Rooch? Perhaps they do. Coming they out saying up? you're going to wear yeah, they, three flags in five years. Build it up. A lot of clubs are doing that at the moment, building up hope. Big yeah. news coming out of India, Delhi for that second test. Peter Laidlaw has got Kuhneman coming into the side, the player they flew over to add to the spin depth of the Australian team. Well, they're not going to play three spinners, surely. (laughs) So they're dropping Todd Murphy. Maybe. Maybe Alan Borders had some influence. Not going to drop Gaddy. (laughs) The goat. The goat. Well, he doesn't get get the bounce over there. I get you. Mm. When are these teams being named? They could be. Can't be far. Uh, it away. always comes out really late. Uh, hopefully, when we crossed Adam Collins in yeah. Delhi at one pm, he'll have some be able to win lightness. Another one here. Hi guys, Port List is overrated since two thousand and five. Perhaps. Another one. If you landed from Mars and saw Rucci, you'd think you were still in Mars. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh. that made me laugh. That was Chopsy. Right, yeah. It was in yeah. lower font. He, he tricked me. I didn't think it was him till I saw. We the have number. a new AFL captain, Kim, at Hawthorne. Who oh, do you think it would be? Who would be the choice at Hawthorne? The, the one I said a year ago. James Sicily. Beautiful. Congratulations, we, James, your latest Hawthorne captain. We need to get to the news. We'll talk about Sydney uh, in the next half hour. But Need coming up after the news, Daniel Drew will join us. Uh, Drews. Drew. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> Ben. Bum <laughs> Ben. He's put his hand up. He's taken a hit. Oh. He wrote Drews. I thought I'd been saying it wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's coming up next. Right here. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 12.36 on a Friday afternoon, 23 degrees outside. We are live from Studio Loom USA. It is a glorious day. We're on a little early today because we'll be crossing live to Delhi for the coverage of the second test, Australia v India. And we're going to head over there at 1 o'clock and have a chat to SEN's Adam Collins, who's calling... Mm the test match over there or commentating. So looking forward to that. And hopefully he may be able to shed a little bit of light on the changes to the lineup breach. I'm looking forward to what's coming on next or who is coming on next, actually, I should well, say. So because when you talk about persistence, patience, chasing your dream, our next guest's done that. Did well, it very well at the weekend. Where the bloody hell has he been, Roach? He's well, 26 years of age, just had a double century for the Redbacks. Daniel Drew joins us. Hello, Daniel. Hi, guys. How are we? Not bad at all. We want to know about your story before we get into your 200 and uh, the game against Victoria coming up on Monday. Tell us a bit about your background. You're, you're an Adelaide boy, 26 years of age. Where have you been? Huh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been I've been playing um, for SA since, I don't know, just through the juniors and under 15s, 17s and 19s um, and then just uh, earned a rookie when I was 20. Um, for the Redbacks and then came off for a couple of years and then sort of worked my way back in mm. after some good performances in um, Premier Cricket um, and Second Eleven, And then I think I've, I've been on the list for about four years now. Um, I think I've just played my eighth uh, Shield game. So there's a lot of Futures League um, games there and you know a few good performances has sort of fought my way into the team and hopefully I can sort of lock in that number three position now. So have you headed overseas at all during that period? Played any county cricket or tried to improve your craft that way? 
Um, I haven't. I was I was meant to go over when I was a bit younger, um, and it fell through, and then sort of been meaning to go over the last few years. But COVID sort of um, mm. done us a bit of an issue there for a few of us. So um, I'm actually planning on going over this summer coming up um, into just the club cricket around Essex. So I'm looking Ooh, forward to that. Oh, cool. So Daniel, when it's been a hard road to work through. Where's the persistence come from? Who's helped you along the way? Has it all been in building yourself? Um, oh, there's, there was obviously a few conversations. Um, my dad's been probably one of the biggest ones just helped me get through um, a few conversations yeah. with persistence and sort of where we were at and what we wanted to do and sort of what I wanted to do, I guess. Um, also, the, you know, the coaching at uh, South Australia has been really great for me. You know, Stephen Stubbings, our current batting coach, has been really good the last few years. He was um, the you know, emerging sort of coach for the younger guys. So he sort of helped me through the yeah. through the younger ranks there. Um, and then also I know Shane McDermott uh, used to be like one of my coaches as well. And I think he's coaching, uh, fielding coach in the Bangladesh at the moment. So um, he's also been someone that sort of helped me through that and yep. I'm still in contact with him regularly. So um, there's a few yeah, guys along the way, but I think a lot of it's just been sort of built inside me and... Yeah. Um, I know that I've always been always been good enough. It's just sort of taking that opportunity when it came, um, which I sort of did last season when I got the opportunity, and then now again this season. So, do you feel confident inside, or have you felt that that's been tested to the limit? Um, I, I think I feel quite confident. Um, I think the way I play cricket, is, you can probably see from a sort of confidence point of view. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of runs build up in Premier cricket and second eleven sort of help with that confidence um, and I guess being somewhat mature at 26 yeah. years old I guess coming into that sort of scene has sort of helped me and not being you know rushed in and sort of spat back out sort of also helped so I think I think the timing's right and um, I'm feeling really good and I'm really happy playing cricket South Australia at the good to hear. Uh, Adelaide boy how do you back for Port Adelaide or the Crows or uh, yeah I'm, I'm actually a Geelong supporter so okay. yeah oh. things are going pretty well at the moment yeah <laughs> I was well. I was a um, an Adelaide supporter when I was a little boy, um, but uh, family moved to Melbourne for a few years, um, and this primary school I was at in Melbourne wasn't a, a massive liking of Adelaide, so <laughs> it was a choice. It was a it was a it was a uh, sort of a fifty fifty choice between Geelong and St Kilda, um, between two of my best mates and. Thankfully, chose the right one in the yeah, end. You did in the end, didn't yeah. you? Oh, so you folded yeah. under a little bit of peer group pressure. No, I asked the question because we look at a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of athletes, and there's that moment when the penny drops, and it's like uh, you could say with Todd Marshall and Darcy Fogarty at, at Adelaide. Do you feel like the penny's dropped for you now that you belong? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Mm. Um, obviously, just want to keep looking at the next game, and I guess keep trying to perform and win games South Australia, but. Um, I, feel, I feel comfortable at the level. I feel like um, I can really perform and try and keep putting South Australia in good positions um, at the top of the order. And I guess that's the plan for you know hopefully the next few years. Two hundred and eight not out against the rank highest ranking team in uh, the Sheffield Shield in Western Australia at the weekend and man of the match. How did that innings unfold for you in in the way in which you saw it? What did it mean to you? Um, yeah, everything happened quite quickly to be fair I was you know I was batting for most of the innings and then um then we were off the field and we were bowling and then I was batting again at the end of the night so yeah. everything sort of I didn't really have a whole lot of time to 
debrief from the flex, but now that it's been you know, after the win, which is great, and now it's been a few days just to reflect on it, um, yeah, it, it means a lot. Um, you know, some of the great names that have done it before in the past, like Lehman, Blewett, mm. uh, Hughes, Klinger, um, it obviously means a lot, and it'll be definitely something I'd look back to when I'm, I'm playing cricket and be really thankful for. So right-handed batsman, your batting style, is it modelled on someone? Um, yeah, I think if you uh, look at a bit of vision, you can probably see where where I get a bit of uh, inspiration from. Um, but yeah, I think um, there was a lot of similarities in myself and um, Steve, just with a bit of a tennis background and the way we hold the bat and the way we sort of you know see the game. So speaking to him um, recently in the test match uh, when I was doing 12th man juice was awesome for me just to get mm. some insight to him and um, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's amazing just to be able to see what he does and, um, yeah, I guess somewhat similar to him, but there's definitely still some differences in between um, and I think it's just working for me at the moment. So not I'm as just, fidgety. Well, yeah, I was You're going to say, fidgety, thankfully, yeah. you don't scratch yourself in every yeah. part of your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not it's not as, uh, <laughs> as as much as that, but there's, yeah, it's definitely some similarities. Just quickly, what are your off-breaks like? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that they were okay when I was a bit younger. I've sort of haven't haven't been bowling as much this season um, mm. in Premier cricket or in, in the soccer. But you know they're they're handy if need be. Um, you know if there's a, a long partnership or the you know the, the quick need a bit of a break maybe or uh, over before tea. I'm mm. I'm uh, my hands up, but um, they're okay. They don't turn much, but they can potentially do a job if need be. And over before tea, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Daniel, while we're getting to know you, if it's not cricket, what are you doing? What interests you? Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm currently on the golf course at the oh, moment, actually. Nice. Um, so I'm just I'm playing down at Glenelg, and beautiful course, beautiful uh, place to be in the world. So I uh, enjoy my golf. I, don't, I haven't been playing as much lately, but um, any sort of chance I can get, I'm sort of on there. Um, what what but, other interests do you have in uh, life? Uh, what do you? What's your handicap first? Handicap's on about 18 at the moment, so oh. it's, it's, a work, it's a work in progress, and I'm, I'm burgling a few holes here and there, which is which is nice. Um, but I'm sort of happy around that sort of number at the moment. But besides golf, um, you know, I'm at uni at the moment. I'm doing um, a bachelor of media and journalism. So Ooh. love my writing and really? um, love, you know, yeah, I, I really do love my writing um, and love being involved in that sort of area. So that oh. that takes up a bit of time too. And um, other than that, just I guess being around friends and family. Um, lucky enough to be, you know, born up born here and, you know, most of my life in Adelaide. So um, get to spend time with them when I'm not travelling or playing cricket, I guess. How did you rate the Reacher's work as a journalist? He wouldn't know it. It's too long ago. Uh, um, no, I think I actually did. I actually did a bit of um, internship with uh, Andrew Capel back when I was in about year 11, year 10. Mm-hmm. I reckon um, back at Advertiser, I reckon Rooch might have been there for a couple of questions, I reckon, back in the day, but... Um, I, I I do read the newspaper, but I try not to read too much of the sport. I try to try not to get too much involved in that and just sort of branch out a bit into the generalisation of normal, normal news. Well, this given you're on the course, you've probably had to let a couple of groups play through, so we'll let you go. But a quick text has come through. It says, how did Drew feel going up against Marcus Stoinis, the man who loves a mirror more than Dylan? Well, it's a bit harsh. Goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I don't really have much to do with Stoinis. Um, that's the first time I've sort of met him and played against him. But he um, he gave me a bit of stick early in the innings, um, just based on a <laughs> bit of Steve similarity. And then um, as my innings got going, he was sort of you know giving me a few hints here and there and pumping me up, which was actually great because oh. you know, I love watching him and so many players love watching him out in the field. And mm. 
the way he goes about it. So he's always been someone I loved watching. So I was sort of a little bit um, sat back when he gave me a bit of a spray, but that's the way he is. He was just getting in the game, and I, I, I thrived off that. So. Well, Daniel, the door's open. The door is open. You're third. You get rid of Victoria. It's on its way. Yep. The dream is alive. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, it's, it's um, the last two wins have been awesome for us and great mm. conference for the group. But like I said earlier, we're just taking each game as they come. And, you know, Victoria at the junction, that's going to be a challenge coming off their yep. back-to-back wins against mm. Queensland. So, you know, if we can if we can grab a win there and then um, also in the Marsh one-day cut, we're it's a face-off between them also. So if we can grab that and secure us a final against Perth and try and have a bit of a rematch there, that'll be great. Well, Daniel, you're a great story. You're going to be our go-to man, uh, unless you make a couple of ducks. Uh, we'll try and get in touch with you next week, what? all right? Well, we're just going to give up on him, are we? Yeah, well, yeah if you don't, mate, what? you're only as good as your last innings, Roach. You know Gosh. that. No. <laughs> no, you're no, right. No worries, lads. No parachute under you, no is it? <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Hit him well today. Good luck. And Monday. Yes, well done, Daniel. Uh, that gets underway 10 a.m. at the Junction Oval. Yep. You're right, Rooch. Uh, South Australia sitting in third position. Is it real or is it an aberration? I'll live in hope. Yep. Uh, we all will. All righty. We need to go to a break. Uh, oh, we've got a poll going. Yes, oh, we Benny's, do. Benny's put up on the socials. Do Port Adelaide have a top four list? 35% yes. say yes. 65% say no at this stage. I think they have a top four list. Doesn't mean they get there. Okay. Well, we'll break this down a little later on. All right. And a few texts coming through on Port Adelaide as well. Ruck is the biggest issue yep. facing Port. I Indeed. don't know why they didn't try harder to recruit one. That's from Pinners. And this one's an interesting one. Mario, Port should be a lot better this year. Dylan and Rucci would have applied more forward pressure than Motlop and Gray put on last year. Ooh. Bit Harsh on Motlop, Stevie Motlop, yeah. but uh, Robbie Gray, it was a bit hard for him to... He was banged up. Yeah, get to the contest, but uh, what a champion he has what been. A, what a farewell game too. Yeah, it was a ripper. 12.48. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 54 on a Friday afternoon, around 23 degrees. Lovely day in Adelaide. I hope you're having a good Friday, whatever you may be doing. Just a reminder, Adam Collins at 1 o'clock, SEN cricket commentator. He's an absolute ripper. We'll be crossing live to Delhi before the second test gets underway. Uh, Joe Gauchi, goalkeeper for Adelaide United. They're going okay, Roach? They are indeed. Good enough to take out the title? It's a challenge for it. Challenge. Yep. All right, that'll be around uh, 1.30. Stack of texts coming through as well. Chopsy from Cheltenham says... Kenny Hinckley's farewell tour begins today at the home of football, Albert and Oval. Well, let's hope it's a Johnny Farnham-style one. <laughs> it just keeps coming back, hey? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the phones will go now. Yeah, that will, that will get me in yeah. the, what did you say, fertiliser? Fertiliser. Well, it's better than saying the other word. Two trial games, Port Adelaide down at Albert. What time does that start, Rooch? Five o'clock. Now, because there's limited capacity at Port Adelaide, huge mm. work going on there. Uh, they've had to make it a ticket affair, so make sure you've got a ticket rather than think that you're just going to get in because they do have to manage that precinct with all the building equipment there. All righty, and if you're a Crow supporter, their trial game gets underway at Richmond Oval, 
High Sense Arena. That starts at 4.30. The gates open at 4 o'clock. There's barbecue, sausage, steak sandwiches. There's a canteen Best in the land there. Yeah, with pies, pasties, sausage rolls, uh, pastries, hot chips, sandwiches. And the bar will be open as well. So if you want to pop down and have a look at the crows. And if you can't, both clubs will have on their website live streaming of the trial games. Beautifully done, Rooch. Here's a text. This is interesting. Uh, this is in line with this young man, the way he goes about things. Matthias Filippo. Yes. Was just asked at training if he'd ever feel like going back to South Australia. His response was, I quote, both those clubs had the picks and opportunity to get me and they gave it up for lesser players. They will regret it. Did he say that? Well, that's what it says in the text. He is talking a big game. I can tell you, Ross. He's, he's not short of he, comments. He's not. He's not. Ross Lyon is quite enamoured with him. Speak up, Ross. Come on, Ross. You can do it. You've you the microphone. Three favourites, but he's as an impressive first-year player that I, I've experienced for focused on improving his footy and still having fun, as I've mm. seen. Would you expect him to play first year? Yeah. yeah. First yeah. game? He's at every chance. That was Ross on uh, Channel 7 News. Luke Parker was on Sports Day last night with Jared Healy and Kane Corns, of course, captain of the Sydney Swans. Uh, this was Lukey Boy on the learnings from last year's grand final loss. It's a hard one to, to pinpoint what we do differently. I think we, at the time, you, you prepare how you think is best. And, yep. and we were confident going into the game. We had a, a big few days of training and... And it's getting that balance of, of enjoying the week, um, embracing it, enjoying the moment, uh, trying to stay in the moment, not play the game before it's been played. And um, unfortunately, I think, um, look, it, it, it's a hard one because you've gone into games, you, you go that way or you go hard at training and, and you end up having a shocker or you go easy at training and have a really good game. So um, it's, it's a bit unknown what, what's the, the best way to go about it. But for us, I think... Momentum was probably the biggest thing that killed us, and it was the mm. being unable to stop that. Mm. Um, and and on such a big stage, I think, um, look, it was it was a first for a lot of boys. And um, at, at times, I think once you lose the connection amongst each other and, and individuals, you tend to feel pretty lonely out there. So the biggest thing for us was we reviewed it um, that the next week. Uh, we spoke about how we felt going into the game, how we felt coming out of it, um, where our heads are at now. And, and for us, it was about, look, we need to either sit on it and let it sit there in our stomach and you can drag it around with you um, like a, a ball and chain or you can move on and do something about it. And that's our, been our motto this whole pre-season is to, is to find ways to get better, to find ways to give ourselves um, an opportunity to play the best football we can. Okay, the way to get rid of the elephant in the room is to start well their AFL season. What's their first month like, Kim? Oh, they're going you've to be gone fine. through it. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it, um, how it'll affect them. Such a poor game and a bit such a big game. And you got their first month? Them. Yeah, I've got the first five weeks. Rich, I reckon they'll be four and one. Oh. Uh, you've got to remember the, the brand of footy they play since Don Pice got there. Uh, that will bamboozle most sides, lesser sides. They won't drop games to lesser sides, I wouldn't imagine. They've got Gold Coast to start with at Metricon. It's not a gimme, but they should win that. Right. Uh, Hawks at the SCG yep. should win that. Uh, Melbourne at the MCG, let's That's say they lose. Yeah, just That's say they lose that one. 
Port Adelaide at the SCG. Port's been good their last three games, but they haven't played there much. Not since 2018. Recent years. I think they're two and three prior to that. But uh, I've given that to Sydney, but it could be toss of the coin. And I think they're a better side than Richmond. That'll be played at Adelaide Oval in the gather round. Well, that is an interesting start. So I think, they've got yeah. a, I think they've got a good draw. That Melbourne one's probably one where we find out about their mental state, don't we? Very much so. And yeah. three games in where you should be a lot more settled. Well, if they're not, then the elephant is in the room. Yeah, I don't think it'll affect them like that. They've got a lot great young squad and they play good brand of footy, Roach. Mm. All right, coming up to one o'clock, we've got to get over to Delhi to have a chat to Adam Collins. We'll do that after the news. This is Kimbo and the Roach. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Nearly two minutes past one, we're live interactive. You can send a text on 0427154166 on Any Matters Sport. Or if you'd like to have a chat like Annie did, 1300 736 736. Coming up after 1.30, Joe Gauchy from Adelaide United. They've got a big game on Sunday against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, also trying to have a chat with one of the girls from the Norwood Footy Club. The Sample W gets underway tonight at 7.30 at the Parade Roach. And that's against North Adelaide, last year's premiers. Big right season now, coming up in women's football, yes. No, we haven't got a thumbs up. We're trying to get to Delhi, just having a few problems there with the phone line. What we might do whilst we're waiting to go to Adam Collins and get an update on the Australian side, which my understanding is, Rich, it's still yet to be announced. Can't find anything. I was just outside trying to have a look at whether Fox Sports or any of the TV channels had anything. Nothing. Yeah, well, hopefully Adam can update us, but quite often it's not till really, really late before the game gets uh, underway. Uh, we heard from Luke Parker. We'll stay on the cricket theme because the Women's World Cup's underway in the one-day competition, mm. and uh, Australia smashed Sri Lanka, and a large part of that was because of Alyssa Healy. Here's Alyssa talking about the win. Tough going at times, but, um, yeah, nice to get the win and the points, and, um, yeah, nice to play a, a good game as a group. When you have a look at your opening partnership with Beth Mooney, it just seems to get better and better. You're now the most prolific pair in World Cup history. What makes you both click so well? Uh, I just think we complement one another quite nicely. I mean, we both play quite differently, and I think the left-right combination also helps. So, um, yeah, she's good fun to bat with. I mean, she hits unique pockets, and, and that's what makes Moon so good. So, um, yeah, we just trust one another out there and, and get the job done. They're having a great, uh, a great string of victories, aren't they, the Australian women's well, team? Well, they'd have to be one of the hottest uh, going about, wouldn't they? They're a reasonable outfit, Rich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just quickly, we're about to uh, head over to Delhi. Adam Collins, he's been replaced. We'll be talking to Michael Kasperowitz, uh, former Australian fast bowler, very, very shortly. We're also doing a poll on Twitter. Do Port Adelaide have a top four list? Uh, 38% say yes. 62% say no. So you can get on our Twitter handle and have your say there. Well, a huge second test about to get underway in, in say, an hour or so's time. We cross to Delhi now to Michael Kasperwitz. And Kasper, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. How's the smog? <laughs> How's the smog there yeah, in Delhi? Can you see anything? Um, I can't. Maybe you've probably got a couple hundred metres um, of viewing, so really? 22 yards should be fine. <laughs> I yeah, love the You want that to burn off, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, I think that's how it actually is created. Um, yeah, this time of year, the crops 
from all around, um, you know, outside of Delhi and, you know, um, in the agricultural area, but yeah. all that sort of lifts and then it comes and gets blown in and sort of sits over the top. But I dare say there's some other uh, ingredients Casper, to, um, to make it all that, that haze. Yeah. Can you enlighten us on the Australian lineup? Do you have an inkling? We're, we're hearing from Robert Craddock, Peter Layla, Channel 9's doing reports. Everyone's having their two bobs worth. Do we know what the Australian team will look like? There's, there's nearly as many theories as there are about what this pitch is going to do. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is the pitch is going to be exactly the same as as it always is. A typical for Indian wicket. It's going to be low and slow. Um, it's going to offer turn, you know, and more turn, obviously, as the game goes. But I think as far as selection, um, which is... I'm, a, I'm amazed at the, uh, the in-depth um, conversation around it because... I think the reason why it's all happened is that the with the injuries to Cameron Green, Mitchell Stark, all of a sudden it just threw different uh, elements around. Just, yeah, the way they have to pick the team, the balance of that side. Um, and I say that because I think if Cameron Green, if they're going to pass him fit and let him play this game, um, he's coming back from that, that broken finger, um, that changes everything for the side. So they could go mm. you know, one way with that because he could be the second fast bowler. Well, uh, Rob, play the extra spinner. Yeah, Robert Craddock rarely gets it wrong. Uh, he believes David Warner will definitely be playing, and uh, even if he fails in this test, he'll play in the third. Is that what you're feeling, and do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I do. I do because David Warner knows he's this ground. He's actually the captain of uh, the Delhi Capitals. He's mm. been played a lot of cricket over here, and even I've overheard him. So talking about it, um, that it's the you know, he's played on every type of wicket they've produced here. Um, granted, a lot of it 2020 um, that style, but even just having a game plan for this these conditions, this surface, mm. um, you know, you've seen it. It looks patchy in you know as far as the pitch, but as far as Warner's concerned, like I think I think they even referred to him as um, as the Prince of Delhi. He's okay. um, he's he knows his place not only on the field but off the field, where to go, the third best restaurants. Okay. Those type of things he's yeah. got that many connections here. He's he's huge. So I think I think I'll agree with Crash there that they're not gonna not not now, not with his experience. Um he's certainly gonna play. Um well, it's the only way that he wouldn't play mm. um, would be possibly like Crash suggested is the last test and that's just where you know, we're no chance for the rest of the series. So, Casper, let's look at the other bit of the equation here. When we get Alan Border saying stick with the pace bowlers and just go with one spinner and that gets rid of Todd Murphy after seven wickets, how did that echo in your mind? Uh, we did that in 2004. I think you made reference to that with McGrath, mm. Gillespie, uh, myself. Yep. Of course, we had Shane Warne also. And it was just the way the tactic was actually used as far as you know, something flipped it on its head a little bit by bowling straighter, but with the field placements. To sort of, you know, and it was actually the execution of that plan that ultimately worked so well. Before they came here, um, yeah. with a Cummins, a fit, I should say, fit, Cummins, Stark, and Hazelwood, yeah. um, you would think seamlessly that's exactly the way to go. But unfortunately, with the injuries to Stark and also um, with Josh with his Achilles, um, yeah, that's a, that was a, the change they had to do and sort of you know, adapt those, those elections. So, I think I think Murphy's going to play, but what would be really cool to watch, I reckon, is with Mitchell Stark if he's also fit to play. Um, it'd be unfortunate with Scotty Boland because I thought he bowled mm. really well in the conditions yeah. um, that first test. But if Stark comes in, um, the other element he brings not only is obviously his pace, 
um, older ball, even attacking bowler, um, would be the fact that as a left-arm bowler bowling over the wicket um, and through his natural follow-through and the foot traffic on that side of the wicket, um, creating rough for Nathan Lyon and also Tom Murphy. I think that would be a, a, certainly a plus for the Australian side. Granted, it's for both sides. Ashwin's pretty, pretty good too. Um, but I just think that that could actually, you know, that'll benefit the Aussies, no doubt. Casper, we're passionate South Australians. We were horrified, gobsmacked, incredulous, shell-shocked to the fact that Travis Head was left out of the side. Tell me he's playing. He has to play, doesn't he? I, I, well, I don't know. And I'm sort of watching from Would up you the grandstand, just watching the movement of players and sort of trying to get a sense of what's going on and who's in and all that. We are pretty early at this stage. But you're right, it was... What I've seen with Travis Head and what we've all seen is the way that he's um, yeah, adjusted his game. Oh. You know, he's he's come from you know from where he was to you know, and what he did in the Australian Test summer last year, you know, maybe you know he just he's able to he's adapted and done that. And loved would have loved to have seen him do that here, um, give it the opportunity. Um, but you know, I suppose there's more to it. Um, when they're watching net sessions, they're a lot closer to the players. They've seen what's going on and. Obviously, for good reason, they're making these decisions. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, Would you do, play him? Maybe... Would you play him? Well, this is, this is a different kind of wicket from what we had in Nagpur. And the reason why I say that is it's the soil. Now, without um, for all your, the, the green types uh, of our listeners, um, <laughs> it's more of a dusty sort of um, soil uh, in Nagpur. Whereas here, it's more of that, that black soil. So... A lot of that will sort of be harder. Um, I can't see it really just misbehaving, um, like spinning. It'll sort of, it will later in the game, and maybe that's where you know, someone like Travis Head, but just the way he plays might just be something, you know, a boost for the Australian side um, you know, through that middle order, which is the part we didn't get um, in the last test. So they've had the Indians have pretty much stopped everyone photographing the pitch and all that sort of stuff has happened in the first <laughs> yeah. test, but... From what you've been able to learn from it, if you're uh, there at the toss and you win it, what do you do? Oh, you bat every mm. single day. Yeah, the theory is that you, you, you don't want to bat last on this pitch. So right. you bat first, you win the toss and you bat, you want to score as many as you can. Um, and ideally, the term he's the saying is, is uh, bat big, bat one. Mm. Um, of course, these days, no one can force to follow on. But I think no. that's the key, and that's no, where that's we true. really, we really um, missed out in Nagpur. Obviously, two for two um, with both openers and the shed didn't yeah, help them. But yeah. you just saw with Lavish and Smith the way they played, the way they actually, you know, took time and take a little bit of time, but all of a sudden, you know, they, an eighty-one partnership, and it, you know, here we go. Mm-hmm. We're right, we're back. Mm-hmm. So that's the other side for me is the Australian side. Even if they do lose the wicket. Experience around that lineup is pretty good, so they know that you know they, they find a way to, yeah, to, to start yeah, putting those partnerships together. Um, just yeah, and resurrect the innings. Hmm, be interesting. This how this Casper, lineup comes up. Yeah, we know you've got a little bit of work to do. Our coverage gets underway at two o'clock uh, South Australian time. How's it going to pan out over the next uh, five days, or will it be three days, or four days? Who wins? Who loses? Um, oh, look, I think I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm positive in Australia this one. Um, 
that you know, I think with if there are changes and there's changes I spoke about, uh, you know, I think there's it might add something to it. Um, I think the fast bowlers, being whether it be Stark and Cummins, um, if there if that's the way they do it, you know, you'll find that they'll find a way, and that's what the beauty of Pat Cummins is is his ability to to get that breakthrough. Um, and a skipper, that's what it's pleasing me more than anything, not just as a former fast bowler, but actually the, the way that he's sort of leading this side. But ultimately, it comes down to the bat. Um, you've got to score runs. You win test matches by bowling side out, by, you know, bowling out twice. You lose test matches by not scoring enough runs. And we saw that in that first test. Mm-hmm. So I think Australia, um, Australia oh, is going to we'll win because we're going to get um, two of our bats and we're going to score two big hundreds. Beautiful. Um, yep, just get, get us up to that 350, I reckon, score. I reckon that's probably where it needs to be. Um, obviously, anything more is fantastic, but get to that sort of big score of 350 odd, um, and it really puts pressure on the Indians. I, I think that's where we're going to beat them. All right, we just got some breaking news we've heard here that Channel Nine saying locally, and that is that Travis Head is definitely playing. We believe Renshaw is out. Uh, that's from John, Tommy Wren on the Twitter handle okay. there, and uh, he's a mate of uh, Travis's, so we'll t- we'll take that as gospel. I really appreciate your time, Casper. Um, we look forward to the coverage. As I said, gets underway at two o'clock Adelaide time. We look forward to the call. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. There so, he yeah. is. He's an absolute ripper, Michael Kasperwet. Good bowler too. Yes, interesting. So head yeah. back in, Renshaw out. That's fair enough. And will they do anything else? We'll wait and see, Rooch. Mm. Hey, we're going to cast the thousands over there. Jared Waitley, Adam Collins, Bharat Sundarasan, Ravi Shastri, Harsha Bogle. It's all happening, and I think Hutchie's over there as well. Wow. Yeah, might get him in the commentary box. Hey, we need to go to a break. This is Kimba on the Reach. We've got that poll going. Do Port Adelaide have a top four list? We're getting some interesting comments. I'll tell you where the percentages sit after this break. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Kimbo and Marooch with you. We're live from Studio Luma USA, right here at number one King William Street in the city. Currently 23 and a half degrees in town. Uh, number of texts coming through. India are currently $1.43 to win the second test. No surprise. Roach, sell a few of your mountains and get on. That's from Gamble Chopsy. responsibly. Exactly, and they're my mountains as well, so that won't be happening. Uh, looks like both spinners, Murphy and Lyon, will stay in this lineup when it's named Kim. Well, it'll be a monumental mistake in the order of the Travis Head one being omitted if they got rid of Todd Murphy after seven mm. wickets, wouldn't they? Yeah, maybe it's uh, just a simple one for one. Yeah. Uh, uh, we said on Twitter we're doing a poll. Benny's put it up. Do Port Adelaide have a top four list? This is on the back of Kane Corns and David King saying this morning that anything bar a grand final is a fail. Oh, I think that's a little ridiculous to tell the truth when you have a look at it because you've got Geelong should make it, shouldn't they? Melbourne should make the grand final, shouldn't Brisbane. they? Brisbane should make the grand final. I don't think it's a given. And, and I think there's a really good text that says, look at Port's backline. Is it a top four backline? There's no, your not. answer, it's no. Not. And the midfield, only by Mick McGowan, rated as number 10. I think it's higher than that. But you can have your say. That's the, why I was, I was in some ways stunned by Matt Rendell saying they're a top four list. Top four team. I, 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 I probably got are. them. I probably got them in my top four, but I, I 
wouldn't have a lot of confidence backing him to win the flag. Mm. Uh, the poll at the moment says 38% say they're a top four list, 62% say no. And uh, we've got a listener that wants us to do another poll. Should Michelangelo Rucci shave his moustache? Well, apparently they're already doing the poll. 99.94%. Point nine four percent say get rid of it, Roach. The Don Bradman average, ninety nine point nine four. All righty, we're going to a quick break because on the other side we'll be joined Very by good. the captain of the Norwood Football Club and the Sandford W, Alison Ferrell, will join us. Live across SEN. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 127, beautiful day outside. We're live from Studio Lumo SA, right here at number one, King William Street in the city. And we're interactive. You can send a text on 0427154166. Good text has come through from Phil. He says, Kimbo, there's more chance of Port missing finals than there is in us finishing top Four. We'll debate that shortly, Phil. I like that text. But right now, we're going to talk about a game that gets underway tonight. The Sandful W starts, and it's uh, the Premiers. North Adelaide taking on Nord at Nord Oval, 7.30 tonight at Cooper's Stadium. Beautiful conditions. It's free entry. Hopefully, we get a big crowd as we welcome the captain of the Nord Footy Club, Alison Farrell. Hello, Ali. Hey, guys. How you doing? Not bad. You nervous? Are you pumped? Oh, I'm pumped. Can't wait. The girls are ready as ever. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Are you going to rebound, Ali? Are you going to come back into the finals contention? Yeah, look, um, we've we've got a new coach in, in Brad Snell, and um, he's done so much um, work behind the scenes um, to get this program um, where it needs to be and um, has put a lot of work into that with all the coaching groups. So, mm-hmm. You know, we're as prepared as ever and we're really looking forward and, um, to the contest tonight against North Adelaide, the reigning premiers. Yeah, Big they test. are the benchmark. There's Big no test. question of that. Well, how do you improve, Ali? How's the recruiting been over the off-season? Yeah, um, well, that's right. Firstly, we recruited really um, really well. Um, we've got a fair few girls from interstate. Um, so we've um, got Georgie Jakes from uh, Canberra. So she's coming over, so... We did lose cutters, um, Leah Cutting, um, to the Eagles this year. So um, had a spot that we needed to fill in the ruck. Um, and Georgie, ever since she's come on over um, to Norwood, uh, she's just hit the ground running and she just has fit in seamlessly. And um, she's going to have a ripper season, I think, and um, be really strong for us. Um, but then we've also got uh, the likes of uh, Megan Gaffney, who is on the GWS uh, mm. list. So um, she's a really strong in for us as well. And, you know, the list does go on. We've got a fair few more ins. That I'm really excited to see them um, have a first crack in their red and blue. Uh, Ali, there's about 30 AFLW girls that will be playing in the competition this year. Have, how much have you noticed the standard and the quality of their game improved in recent years? Yeah, uh, look, it's just great growing at a rapid pace. And, and we're really lucky to, you know, have... Uh, the Crows and Port girls come back and um, into our side. And the really exciting thing for Norwood is all the girls that are coming back into our team have been drafted from our club. Mm. Um, so they're all Norwood people and, um, you know, they they love the um, club just as much mm. as us and just have slotted back in. And 
um, it's so good to have them around and their experience. They just lift the standard even more. And, um, you know, for our young girls, they're incredible role models and, um, you know, they're really able to see where they need to be because they can see that right in front of them. So, yeah, it's great. Ellie, everything we hear about Norwood is that it's not about women's footy. It's not about men's footy. It's about Norwood footy. It's all one big United. Whether you're men or women in the footy club, you're playing Norwood footy. How important is that, that you've got this you know, unilateral yeah. approach to what football is at Norwood, whether you're on the women's program or the men's program? Yeah, you're not wrong. And um, it's been really great, especially this year. Um, Twig and Snell, um, both head coaches, they've been working really closely together um, to, and, you know, really living that um, motto <laughs> because um, at the end of the day, you know, we want to work um, as one club and um, to the fact that it starts at the top, um, it works its way down. So, uh, like I said, Snell's put in a lot of work to uh, get this program to where it needs to be. And um, and it just starts with the structures and getting uh, all that education around that. And, you know, we've learnt so much in, in the last three months. Um, and, yeah, really excited to see it all come together tonight. Well, Ali, we wish you all the very best for tonight and right throughout the season. As I said, it's free entry if you want to pop down and see North Adelaide take on Norwood. Cooper Stadium, it gets underway at 7.30. We wish you all the very best and hopefully we can chat to you again throughout the season. Yeah, thanks, Kim and Rich. It's, it's going to be awesome. Get out because um, it's going to be quite the spectacle. We've got the Velo lighting and fencing and it's going to be really lit Perfect. up. So. Get out. We'd love to see you. Yeah, oh, indeed. beautiful. We've heard about the lighting. We'll pop down and have a look. Good on you, Ali. Thank you very awesome. much. Big news out of Delhi. Cam Green will not play in the second test. So the Wise. next question here is, will Australia have three spinners? Could they? Would they? <laughs> Should they? Is it going to happen, Kim? Three spinners. All be answered when we go live to Delhi Roots after two o'clock for our coverage with the SEN cricket team. It's going to be a ripping afternoon of cricket. Stay with us. One thirty news. Well, we're late for it. Live across SEN, you're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 1.36 on a Friday afternoon. We're in the home stretch. Reach will be crossing live to Delhi at 2 o'clock for the second test. Australia v India. A bit of breaking news we heard during the news. Cam Green will not play and Kuhneman is getting more and more attention as to whether he's going to be in this Test for his test debut. Three spinners? Three spinners. Scotty Boland will probably go if that's the case. Yeah. And we have heard that Travis Head will definitely we'll play. be playing yeah. at the expense of Matt Renshaw. Well, well let's of... hope they're still playing on Sunday when we will definitely be focused on Highmarsh Stadium. Huge game. There. Big game coming up, Rich. Uh, 2.30 at Highmarsh. Adelaide United take on the Western Sydney Wanderers. It's third v fourth. The Wanderers in fourth position as we now welcome goalkeeper for Adelaide United, Joe Gauchy. Hello, Joe. Hey, boys. How are you? Not bad. The, uh, you're finding a little bit of form. Yeah, yeah, we, we have been of late. Uh, I think we're now five games undefeated, which is which is nice. We had a bit of a sour patch, I suppose you could say, a, a post-World Cup break. But, yeah, the last, the last month has, has been good and we've had some positive results. So looking to continue that on, on Sunday afternoon. Joey, can you pinpoint what turned things around a little? Um, 
I think we've just sort of lifted our level overall. I think in training, um, we've sort of lifted as a group. I think the senior players have really started to set, set the standard even more so, and and really make a point of driving everyone. Uh, I think the younger players have started to to pick things up and and drive the senior boys. So you know, everyone's pushing each other really hard. Everyone's fighting for a spot. Um, and in saying that, I think over the, 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 the run that we did have where we didn't get the results, we were competitive in the performances. Whilst they might not have been there for 90 minutes, they were there in patches. Um, and I think last week we showed the, the character and the, the bond that we have within the group coming back from, from, from Sunil down. I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, we probably wouldn't have fought back in the way we did. And I thought it was re- really reminiscent of last season. So what was your mood like as you're watching it from the last line when it is two goals down and you win at 3-2. What was your mood through those 90 minutes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, probably a bit of a roller coaster of yeah. emotions. But, uh, yeah, no, I think when you go two new down, it's never great, especially as a goalkeeper. My job's to keep the ball out of the net. Mm. So yes. when, when you see two goals, yeah, I'm, I'm never happy. Um, but, no, I think seeing the – you could see that as, as soon as we got one goal, the boys lifted straight away. Mm. Um, and you – we could kind of got a sense that we were on top of them and, and that we might run over them. Um, and, and ultimately we did. But, yeah, I was, I was very pleased when, when Goody could put that penalty away. And, um, yeah, we, we could see other results. If we put things in perspective, it was against Western United who was sitting in 11th position. So was it a, a really poor performance up to them or were we underselling Western United? Um, oh, maybe a little bit of both. I think we, probably, we definitely went out our best in the first half. Um, and then we came out in the second half and we conceded straight away, which made things difficult. But mm. I think from, from then on in the second half, we were, we were clearly the dominant side. And, um, you know, I think if we came out like that from the first whistle, it would have been a, a different scoreline and, and probably a more dominant one for us. Joe, I like what could be an interesting, in the sporting terms, a, a chess game here. When you're going against a team that's conceded the less goals, least goals in the league this year, do you build on them or do you go for them full pace? Um, I think, I mean, at home we have to, we, we, we like to play aggressive football. We like to play attacking yeah. football and that's something that we'll continue to do. Um, I think at the end of the day, they're coming here and they're trying to take the points from us. So, um, you know, that they might sit in a little bit and make things difficult for us, but I think we'll be trying to attack them from the very first whistle. They're an interesting opponent as well, particularly after what happened at the weekend with them. They, their mood will be interesting as to whether you can take advantage of that. Yeah, I think they've, um, you know, obviously that was a big game for them and they weren't Huge, able to yep. get the, the result, you know, the big, big game in the Sydney Derby. So uh, they'll be looking to bounce back. We know that. They'll be looking for a result. They mm. need a result. Uh, and being very close on the table, you know, third and fourth, like you mentioned, um, they'll be coming to try and leapfrog us and, and, and take the points and, and go above us into third. So it'll be, a, it'll be a good game. It'll be a fiery game, and, and I'm looking forward to it. First time we've been able to speak to you since we've come back from the break. What's it been like at Highmarsh Cooper Stadium with the new fit? Uh, it's, been, it's been unbelievable. Uh, the fans have been superb this year. I think, um, I think we're averaging about 9,500 or 10,000. Um, and the, from what I've heard, the, there's going to be good numbers again on Sunday afternoon. So, you know, the more the merrier, the more people that can come out and support us. It's fantastic. The the upgrades that they've done to, to the stadium, I think, makes it... I know definitely playing, it makes the atmosphere feel feel even louder and, and yeah. more special. And from, you know, all accounts, when, when you get to there to watch the game, it, it's yeah. fantastic. So 
the more people that can come out and support the Reds, uh, the better for us. Just, just tell us about that atmosphere and how it's changed with the new stand and the, the roof on it. Yeah, I think with the roof on the eastern stand, it really keeps the sound in. Yeah. Um, we've got some, we've got fantastic support, and, and they really you know make make noise and let us know when we do things good and when we do things bad. Yeah. So you hear about it at both times, but yeah. it, it it really stays in now with that roof. Um, I think it really keeps the sound in the ground, and you can really feel it on from both sides. I think last last year, whilst the redevelopment was happening, that eastern stand was was you know out of action, mm. um, and that was something we really missed. So now to have that back and, and better than ever with the with the roof on it. It's fantastic. Well, Joey, the noise goes up a notch when the 17-year-old... Now, correct me if I get his name wrong. Uh, Irakunda? Irakunda. Irakunda. When he comes onto the ground, I tell you what, there's a real buzz around the stadium. Any chance <laughs> he could start? Uh, I, I don't think I can comment on that. Uh, you have to wait and see for Sunday. But, um, <laughs> no, he's, um, he's a fantastic young player and um, full of excitement. You know, even... I'm cheering when he comes on because he's such a exciting young player that, you know, I think as, as football fans, you want to see goals and excitement and, and players running at other players and taking them on in that attacking sense. So he loves doing that. That's his bread and butter and something he thrives off. So, you know, he's a very exciting player and, and hopefully he can get another goal at Coopers on Sunday. In for a penny, in for a pound. So it's Irakunda. Uh, say his Christian name. Is it Nestory? Yeah, Nestor. Nestor Yorakunda. Beautiful. Joe, a lot of debate about what the A-League should look like and how it will work in the future. Are you in favour of promotion relegation? Um, yeah, I think it's better. It's great for the sport. I think, um, you know, it adds a bit of competition, a bit more competition and pressure into the, you know, into the A-League, into the, the top division, you should say. Um, you know, teams at the bottom coming into the end of the season, there's a lot of pressure on them to pick up points mm. and, and get results to, to try and stay in the top division. And, you know, the more professional teams and clubs that we have, the more opportunities there are for younger players to, you know, uh, step in and, and get that first team, I guess, minutes in a professional league. Um, obviously, with only the 12 teams, there's only a certain amount of positions. I know, especially as a goalkeeper, yeah. that means you've only got 12 goalkeepers that are playing every every week. And the possibility for that, for them, that to be, you know, potentially doubled would be fantastic. So... I think it's good for the game, but of course it has to be the the right layer and the, the financial. I mean, that's the key, it has isn't to be, it? That's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So we know the talent is there. We know the clubs are there. But what about the finances? Are they going to be there to allow for two divisions? Yeah, I I, I don't have the answer for that. I don't think uh, that that's for for people a lot higher up than me. So yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully it's there and that it's something that can come into fruition in the next. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the timeline, but it, mm. it'd probably take a couple. Of, Planning, are planning to happen. So hopefully it's something that we can see in the future. Maybe even a derby in Adelaide. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, we had one in the Cup this year and it was a fantastic yeah, you know, was. spectacle for yeah. Australian football. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed playing in it and you know, it was a great a great atmosphere there at, at Service FM. So mm. hopefully we can have that again in the future. Joey, we chat to your coach on a regular basis. Uh, how's his demeanour been throughout the season when you went through the rough patch and uh, how's he travelling now? How are you finding him as a player? Yeah, I think he's been pretty much the same, very yeah. level-headed throughout. Um, you know, he backed us in fully when the results weren't going, you know, maybe our way and, and always was was keeping on top of us and keeping keeping us honest, which I think is a really big thing. Um, and, and even so, when the results now have been have been more positive, he's, he's still on top of us and, and, you know, making sure that we're working hard on the things that we haven't been doing so well in the, last, in the previous games. So he keeps us very honest, which I think... Uh, 
as a coach is, is really important, especially when you know, you're going through a high patch. Joe, do you shed a tear when you see Melbourne victory last on the ladder? <laughs> uh, no, uh, you would. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. No, I think it's uh, for for Adelaide fans. Everyone's everyone's pleased. Um, <laughs> but you know, the league is good when they're competitive. And exactly. Yeah. Whilst they're not getting the results, um, they're still you're still not a bad side. And I, I know we come up against them uh, next week in Melbourne, so that'll be another big game. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And last mm. one on the flip side, Melbourne City are the team to beat. Are they that much better than everyone at the moment? Um, I think they're a very good side, but uh, you know, I think when we played them a couple of weeks ago, we probably should have uh, seen out the seen out the result. We, were, you know, three one up. We should have we should have seen that out in the second half and, and walked away with three points. Um, I, I think they're very much a beatable side. Whilst they are definitely you know leading the pack by by some margin, and they don't seem to take their foot off the pedal. Mm. Um, I think we've shown that we can match it with them. Um, so from our perspective, that's that's the most important thing that that we can match it with them and and go head to head uh i think they're they're a long they're a, it's going to take a bit to catch them for for anyone to really catch them now i'm not sure i can't remember how many points exactly they are but they're a fair way off you know up there at, at the top of the table yeah, so 34 points point. and you're yeah, 26 but, yeah so there you go eight points but um no i think they're a beatable side and we i think we play them again once uh this season at, at coopers so you know a couple of bad performances from them and you know you have a couple of wins on the bounce and you're right back in contention joe we always enjoy chatting to you it's going to be a big game it gets underway on sunday 2 30 at hindmarsh stadium when united take on the wanderers good luck and we'll chat to you again throughout the season thanks boys pleasure have a good one there he is joey gouch he's an absolute ripper he's in good form as well we're nearly done roach just a reminder we'll be heading to delhi for our cricket coverage the second test australia v india just updating what you know regarding selections well, at this point, all we're getting out of uh, Delhi is, yes, Travis Head will play. Uh, Murphy and Lyon will play. And Kuhneman may be the third spinner. And Cameron Green won't. Now, Boland, we're hearing, is going to miss. We think. Yeah. Could be an interesting lineup. All righty. Let's go back to this text of Phil just before we wrap it up for today and for the week. Roach, our first week back. Um, he says, Kimbo, the reason why I suggest there's more chance that Port miss the finals than finish top four is the back line. There are a couple of players who aren't top four players, but we're one key back going down from really struggling. Jonas is getting on. Yep. Finlayson has other more important stuff going in his life than yep. football. And that's why Ken Inkley made it very clear during the week he really wanted Radagalia because he, he knows that issue yeah. is in defence. Now, breaking out of Delhi... Manus Labashain has just presented Matt Kuhneman his baggy green, so he'll be the 466th player to represent Australia in Test cricket. So that was spot on from Peter Laylor that Kuhneman's coming in. Beautiful. Three no, spinners, no, Kim. Name all 466, Roach. No, uh, we've only got a minute to go. Bradman. <laughs> you want me to keep going? Chapel, no, Greg, no, Chapel. No. I wish I didn't ask. Ian, Chapel, hey, Trevor. Shush. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> My top five for what it's worth at this stage, and I reserve the right to change it. Uh, Geelong, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and Port Adelaide. I think Port can make top four, but it's certainly not a given. And I acknowledge the problems that they may have in defence and maybe in ruck too. Maybe. Uh, it's been fun. First week back, Roach. And we could be at noon on Monday. We could be at three on Monday, all depending on the test match in Delhi. Well, let's hope we see a five-day test. Have a great weekend, everyone. Uroot. Bye-bye, everyone.